Hi guys, I'm Chris. And I'm Mike. And welcome back to this week's No Limits, a Mitrap podcast. How you doing this week, Mike? I'm doing good. It was nice to catch up with you and play some golf. What day was that? Uh, Sunday. Sunday we did that? Yep, yep. That was awesome. That was fun. I picked your ass up. We went golfing near my uh, parents' house. It was fun. We, we even recorded a nice little little podcast, the two of us, uh, recounting our uh, tale. Mitch and Mike, or no, Mitch and Mike, Chris and Mike's t- <laughs> Tales from the Golf Course. I think that's our new series. We have the author series. Now we have the Tales from the Golf, cor- golf Course series. Don't forget Rap on Rap, our patron-only series. And Rap on Rap, and Rap on Rap. So sh- are you serious? Should I take that recording from the golf course and put it on our feed or should i make it a rap on rap what do you think uh i think you could, you could do like a mini version on our on our feed and then do the full version for the patrons right. only you know the, the right. only fans either only fans get get a little bit extra <laughs> <laughs> a, ooh, a little extra huh <laughs> we should start a mitch trap only fans <laughs> be just pictures of dylan o'brien you know though you remind me speaking of <laughs> different <laughs> online platforms well, i don't know where you're going with that one. <laughs> well let's transition here there is a reddit giveaway so if you oh yes yes, yes were yes. not fortunate enough to win a copy of enemy at the gates through the mitch rap ambassador program we were authorized to give away one copy to a podcast listener and we are going to choose that listener through the mitch rap subreddit which is a discussion board and community forum about basically any topic. Well, we run the Mitch Rap subreddit. So head on to reddit.com, search up Mitch Rap. If you post on the page, we will enter your name. Uh, next week, we'll be picking the winner of an advanced copy of Enemy at the Gates. Yes, and we have our own copies. We are... We can't be ambassadors because we're technically media. We we're found media. Out. Um, media in qu- in quotation marks, but it's good to have that copy. I've already started to dig in. It's uh, no spoilers here, but I'm enjoying it so far. Yeah, and I'll reiterate as well: we will absolutely not spoil that book. We may talk about it. We may discuss what's going on in the world of rap fandom, but we won't spoil the book or the plot here on the podcast. So you are good until September 14th mid-late September, when we drop our Enemy at the Gates podcasts. Yes, but be on the lookout. We're going to do some Road to, like just like we did Road to Total Power, we're going to do some Road to Enemy at the Gates, sort of, I'm going to recap what uh, what happened last year and um, you know speculate on, on what's going on. I think we're going to record those soon before we actually mm-hmm. read the book, uh, so we don't get any sort of biases going on here. Right. But, um yeah just talk about what we know from total power and released and also yeah and from total power of course so and talk about the cover because i you know you you've sort of gone on about this cover how much you like it um i do i, love I really it. do it's it, it's definitely top five yeah so. i think we'll have to just kind of revisit total power and i don't think kyle was necessarily as strong as Vince in tying books together and having, you know, sprinkling breadcrumbs about what's to come. I think Vince really pulled that off and it was an inherent part of his craft. I think Kyle a little less so, not not in a negative way at all. I just just it's less his style, I think, to link the books together. But we'll see what we can dig up from Total Power and if there are any kind of missing links that we think will be followed up upon. 
But that could be different because he did mention that uh, this next trilogy was going to be a three book arc. True. So we might be heading into book one of something that is going to affect the plot's going to affect the next three books. So I I sent something big. I I am not basing that on anything. I I sent something huge too. I I haven't read anything. Right. Something big's coming. I really believe that. I think something with rap personally feeling about that. Yep. So we'll see. We will see. We'll see. We shall see. Some of you guys listening already know. Already know. Yeah. <laughs> the ambassadors among us. All right. Well, that takes us to today's podcast, picking up from last week with Kill Shot Part 2. And Chris, do you know what I like to do every time I read a good book? Uh, no, I don't, Mike. What well, do I like, like to, to review that book in the form of a limerick. Funny story about this limerick. <laughs> give, give it to me. This was concocted in about the two minutes before we started podcasting. <laughs> yeah, so uh, disclaimer warning, we were originally supposed to record a different podcast tonight, but uh, we decided um, to switch it up, and now we're recording our part two. Not We had the notes, obviously. No, we're not like doing this off the dome, but we didn't have the limerick, so... Or well, we I should say we like I helped you at all. Your limerick, we did, you didn't have your limerick, so you did it off the dome. And I have to say, it's pretty good. So yeah, I think I came up with this thing just off the cuff. So this is the closest you'll get to you know uh, a free verse or what do you call it, um, freestyle limerick. Spoken, Spoken word. word. Here we go. A book dominated by little action. Only two scenes that really gain traction. Plot lines get twisted. And characters get mixed in. What will happen to Rap and Greta's attraction? Mm. Yeah, that that really sums up like the second half of this book, uh, where we have a lot of these plot lines that are very left unattended right. to, and that it's crying for a third right. novel. Crying. I I think we're gonna pick up there naturally in our discussion today from last week. Last week, we had a bunch of loose ends that we see as an opportunity that a third book in the trilogy or or more, right? It could have been more than a third. Who knows what Vince would have done. But whatever that hinge is between kill shot and transfer of power when we come back to a mature, seasoned Mitch Rapp, I think we have a few more little hints uh, here of what goes on in that in-between time. So I think that'll be a theme today. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. The theme today is loose ends, and I think we're going to spend the bulk of our time first, sort of talking about uh, the two scenes that sort of dominate the rest, the second half of this novel, and then finally, like just wrapping up with discussing, you know, speculating what uh, Vince could want to have done with, you know, where our characters are left off after this novel. Um, So we we left off last time by talking about. We, we purposely didn't talk about the backstory of Victor, Chet Bramble. We get a nice chapter in, in the first half that discusses him and his background. And he seems to be the, I guess the main, would you say the main focus uh, besides rap and, and his like trying to clear his name? Like Victor is the main focus or mm-hmm. the main plot character of the second half of this novel, right? Right. I think. The same way American Assassin, in some ways, was a Stan Hurley story as a secondary character to Mitch. 
I think this book, Killshot, is a Chet Bramble story. You know, Victor's real name, uh, secondary to Mitch. And because of that, Vince wants to flesh out his backstory. And if, Chris, you might uh, have re- remembered the details better than me, but kind of a rough around the edges as a kid, like to get himself in trouble, uh, quick to anger, I would say. Quick to anger. He has a soft spot. Um, you know, his brother is is uh, disabled or, mm-hmm. you know, obviously has something something wrong with him, and he obviously is very protective of him. So v- v- Vince adds that sort of element of, you know, kindness, I guess. But then he quickly sort of follows it up by saying when he attacks, like, the first kid that makes fun of his brother, Victor says he enjoyed that. You know, it, it's it's not just it's not just mm-hmm. like you know Mitch sort of standing up for somebody like because Mitch I think is it Mitch that stands up for his little brother yeah M- Mitch stands Steven. up for Steven yep on the it, baseball it's field. almost like uh, remember that story very similar they both have similar like stories but where right. Mitch is not vindictive or doesn't take pleasure in beating up these other kids Victor does you know. Right. And, you know, he's being put through all these things. He gets put in, he gets picked up as like, oh, let's channel that anger into wrestling. And then his father's like, well, you know, if you're not going to, you know, go to college, then you're going to go in the military. You're going to do something. So he puts him in the military. He excels in the military. I think he's in, he's in Delta Force, right? Right. And gets, yep. gets kicked out of Delta Force because he goes to a bar and picks on the wrong colonel who knows like how to, counter you know counteract i think the guy says he's some sort of martial arts gets him himself locked in the stockade and is about to go to prison but this guy knows his co and the co knows stan hurley who is looking for you know a character like this to undergo some some things and it it's interesting that later on in the novel vince has stansfield a couple different times say that you know the boys, the CIA is not for the Boy Scouts. The Ryan team is not for the Boy Scouts, right? That's the FBI. We need people that we use yep. people that have, you know, questionable morals, but right. not as questionable as Victor. Like he's the extreme. It's like finding that that fine line of someone who's willing to break the rules, right, but not completely obliterate the rules. That's perfectly said, and that's why like Doc Lewis comes in, and you get the sense that Doc Lewis was never completely on board with right. Victor being Hurley's top recruit, but Hurley had so much sway, and Hurley's history with Stansfield, Hurley was going to get his guy, you know, who he saved, right? Chet is sitting, about to go into a prison cell, probably going to be court-martialed, for this incident at the bar and Hurley basically is his savior. And so Hurley has him like a dog, you know, on a leash, you know, responding to his every whim. He quite literally saved this guy's life by getting him out of a very long sentence. But Doc Lewis is kind of uncomfortable with that. And by the end of this book, Doc Lewis is going to go so far as to tell Stansfield, we got to eliminate Victor. Yeah. Like that was kind of crazy. He's like, Sansfield even like recalls Doc Lewis had hadn't said those words in a long time. His like his recommendation, right? You know, and this is he said this was the Green Beret coming out in him, right? To his, his duty, duty, you know, he saw that this guy needed to be eliminated, and I think it also shows that 
and and I think Fournier sort of echoes this in one of the chapters where he mentions that the fact that he's able to get all this information shows that Stan and and Thomas are slipping. I think yes. that Hurley thinking that he can control. Sometimes I get confused with Stan and Stansfield and Hurley and Tom, you know, sorry. <laughs> right. So, but, right, right, but right. the fact that Stan Hurley is slipping a little bit, getting older right. because he thinks he can control Victor. He thinks like, yep. he's seen this person before. He, he knows what he's capable of. He knows he can control him, but he can't, he really can't. Yeah. And, you mentioned the psychology, so he thinks he can control him, but listen to this quote about who Victor or Chet Bramble really is, and we're going to get to the action scene here in a minute, but just listen to this as the the aftermath of this scene that involves Victor. Vince writes, quote, Bramble did what he did often in the aftermath of a near-death experience. He began to laugh, not a giggle or a chuckle, but a belly-splitting roar a release of tension, and an absolute euphoric embrace of victory. He was the king of the hill, the last man standing, a man among children. Five bullets, five bodies. Shit, Bramble said. They should write a song about me. Like, that's no good. No. Like, Hurley might think he has him on a leash, but a guy who's like that when he's in the field you know that leash is going to be torn off and this guy's going to go buck wild eventually. Yeah, and I guess we can just get right into the, the scene, right? Picking up right. from the... When we left off, like, Rap is setting up this whole... He's contacted Irene. Irene says, you know, don't go to the safe house because she knows Victor's watching it, right? Stands over there, whatever. Be safe, I'm coming to get you. But Rap is thinking, all right, someone has turned on me. There's a leak somewhere. I'm going to set up a plan where I'm going to send someone in to the safe house and see how they react, you know? A decoy. decoy. And he's he's not thinking that they're going to kill him. He's thinking that they're going mm-hmm. to... He, he wants to see if they're going to take him down harshly to interrogate him or take him down right. softly to interrogate him, you know? But I think what Vince really shows is the duality between these two characters, how they are both have very similar skills in the sense of being top-notch assassins but victor is just so or rap is so light years ahead of chet or victor whatever you want to call him intellectually because there's this whole inner monologue where victor is talking about why i why he doesn't understand why irene is involved and like the relationship between Irene and uh, Hurley and, you know, why they like each other and the relationship between Stansfield and Hurley and Stansfield and Irene. And he's so dense that he can't figure out why they're intertwined when Rap knows he, he's deduced or, or, or done the actual work figuring out that Irene's father was friends with mm-hmm. them and, and that they were all in Beirut and, and, and obviously a big incident happened and, and Irene is, you know, essentially the niece of, of mm-hmm. both these these two characters. To Chet, that never even crosses his mind. He just thinks that she's this um, no. annoying girl who's uh, involved and doesn't need to be there. You know, he he, he yeah. just brushes her off. When, the, when you think about it, she's going to become to be one of the most intellectual characters like my favorite character actually going forward in this entire series right. 
at, she can replace Stansfield. She, like that's it, huge. It's huge, and she's an awesome CIA director. Uh, obviously, has her flaws. Chet don't say no. It. Chet doesn't. He's blinded by everything. He he thinks he can actually drive a wedge between yes. Hurley and Kennedy, and he thinks if push comes to shove with decisions at Langley, by having Hurley in his corner, he'll be all mm-hmm. good. No, like Rap never for a minute thinks he needs Hurley in his corner. He actually he hates, hates the guy, but he does think I need when I can trust her. I need Irene in my corner, and I need that mysterious guy who's pulling the strings, Stansfield, in my corner. Where Chet Bramble doesn't give a fuck about any of them, and actually sells out and becomes a traitor by trying to take down Stansfield and Kennedy. I mean, I don't know if you yeah. want to get into that, but let's stick to this. Uh, uh, I, there's, there's something I want to, I want to, I want to touch on about that later, um, because I don't think, mm-hmm. again, Vince doesn't show that he's intellectual enough to actually. Um, the it's not fitting of his character to actually do that in the future. But anyways, yeah, yeah, and he even says like Stansfield needs to retire and Hurley needs to replace him. We need more people like Hurley being in charge. When, right. When, when in Rap's mind. It's complete opposite. I don't know. I just really enjoy exactly. the duality of these two characters that are they're similar, yet at their core they're different. You know, and and Vince yeah, Vince picks brilliant. it apart and and shows it to us in various cases. Um, yeah, and you, you mentioned that laughing right. He he kills this. He ends up killing this fake rap, uh, which rap is is very uh, shook when he, he this happened. He realizes that he sent an innocent man or. Someone in this guy's a drug dealer, so he feels, he, he guilty. feels guilty for it. Yeah, but Victor is so stupid that he doesn't even go an idea the guy that he just popped in the head. You know, he just assumed that this is rap going into the into the safe house uh, and and shoots him in the back of the head, and then thinks like starts laughing like ha 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 I got rap like doesn't even yeah. like bother to turn over the body and see that this is not rap. Yeah. Like, He's even dragging him into the van or something, and doesn't. Yeah, know. then he, he immediately switches to like, all right, how do how, how do how do I cover this up? Oh, and now I'm going to kill these. Oh, he, he kills, kills the, the two, two cops. other. Was it cops? First, he kills the two counter oh. the uh, Delta, the other Delta people, the DGSE, and then he guys. kills the DGSE people. Yep. Yeah, so he's got five dead bodies in the middle of a neighborhood in Paris, and oh, and then yeah, he kills his two partners. You're right. His two partners are questioning him because Hurley just gave the stand down order. Thankfully, Irene, Stansfield, and Lewis came to the conclusion that Rap probably hasn't turned, that they can still bring Rap in uh, amicably. And so they do convince Hurley to shut down the operation to eliminate or chase Rap. Hurley, d- Hurley contemplates for a little bit, does give the order. So Hurley did follow the wishes of of Kennedy, but Victor goes off reservation. Even he denies orders from Hurley. And the funny thing is, the whole time he's thinking, "Oh, I could just make up a story." Like he thinks he's such a good right. liar, he can think of every scenario where he can have a watertight story of why, you know, he killed this guy. Rap tried to shoot him. Rap killed his two partners. These two random agents came onto scene. Rap killed them also, but I was the hero who survived and was able to eliminate Rap. And what a bogus story! Like the forensics, you know, the the analysis, and knowing lurking in the background is this Neville character, this really competent police lieutenant uh, or commander. 
she's going to put the pieces together. Anybody with half a brain is right. going to put the pieces together at this crime scene. But but Victor just peels out thinking, you know, he's a G. Well, Rap does chase him, but Rap gets a couple of shots off at him, but he by and large gets away unharmed. Yeah, and it's after this scene, it, it's a it's sort of a the mission is to figure out from Stansfield and, and Hurley and Irene's side is is Rap did Rap kill these people? You know, is he the is Victor lying or is he lying? And the thing that saves him, right, is the fact that he treats the one DGSE agent and those right uh, those reporters, which came back for a chapter. It, it's interesting. You mentioned this last pod. These extra characters, you know, even Neville, if you think about her, she seemed she's being played up to be like this important character in the in the first half of the the book with doing these investigations. And then like her last chapter is just doing that uh, press conference where she outs, like says that Fournier is setting her up and then, then we get no resolution with her again. And then, you know, like those, rep- yeah. those two reporters who Hurley has on as on his retainer, like they're just there and witnesses. And that's what helps corroborate rap story and, and shows to in Stansfield mind that rap is on, is a, a good guy and on their side. I don't know, like there, there's, there's a lot of different plot elements that don't really get wrapped up in, in this. Pardon my pun. Don't, don't get uh, fulfilled in the second half of the book. And then there's even more right. glaring plot holes that, you know, we're going to talk about those in, in a, probably at the end of this, this podcast that, yeah, are just blatantly left open because they are supposed to be completed in the next novel or, or next couple novels, right? Yeah, but there's one other piece of evidence while we're at the crime scene is that Greta watched the whole thing. Right. And in, in Stansfield's mind, being so close to the Olmeyer family, Greta's a very trustworthy source, right? Like her observations of this whole event and knowing what Rap did to try to, you know, stem the bleeding, quite literally patching up this um, agent in the street trying to get Victor, Greta corroborates that as well and that's going to be a clinching piece of evidence for Stansfield that rap is innocent and actually the good guy here. Yeah. uh, What did you think of that whole scene where like rap leads them on this? Like, uh, I I thought it was personally like one of my favorite chapters where, you know, rap is, they take a, he he only wants Irene again, just playing from like these, these movies I've seen specifically like the born identity or the born supremacy, whatever, you know, he's leading into the city. He's watching them uh, he even take he like leads them to the ho- the apartment that he was watching Victor's thing, and then they're like there, and he's talking to them on the phone, and then he sneaks in, and then I can just see that in a movie where they're there, they're listening on the phone, he like sneaks in behind them, and then like finally like his next phrase is not on the phone, but like right behind them, and they turn around, and he's like he's yep. there with a gun, like that's yep. fucking awesome. That 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 was awesome. That was really cool. It would work better as a movie. It was pretty cool, but the whole time I asked myself, this whole thing just went down, and he literally tells them to meet at the apartment building, right where all the blood is from this I know, decoy wouldn't, guy wouldn't, Luke getting his head busted open. would there be open. Like, cops still there? Even if, yeah, there'd be cops, there'd be a huge crime scene, there'd be the French version of the FBI or whatever, and also Stansfield and Kennedy would know not to be caught dead. Near that. 
somewhere like that, a reporter, um, someone who recognizes any of them, or just trying to get into this apartment building where the crime just happened. Like, Across the street from where the crime just happened. Like, they, they, it's they'd be spotted. Yeah, they'd be spotted, though, because the whole thing is that they're trying not to be spotted by the GGSE. And right. this huge crime scene where, like, you know, at one point, Victor, like, breaks out a submachine gun. So, like, there's bullet, right. there's bullet like shell casings everywhere. This is within hours. It's not within yeah. days. It'd be one thing if it was days, you know? Right. It's that day. There'd be a huge perimeter. Yeah. Kennedy wouldn't want to be caught dead there or Stansfield or Rat. No, I didn't think about that. You're right. As, uh, You're right. Yeah, that one just uh, threw me for a loop, if I'm going to be honest. All right, well, let's get into what caused this whole shindig in the first place, because there's Cook. Yes, you remember his first name? He's Paul. that insignificant a character. I don't even Paul. know. Paul. Paul Cook. Paul Cook. So Paul Cook works at the CIA. He's a deputy little director. Dis- right. Deputy director. Is disheartened he wants to be by, the director. Yeah, by what Stansfield's doing. And there's uh, an opening in the, in the directorship. Well, um, they know it's going to come down to either Stansfield and his team or Paul Cook and, and his team as the deputy director. And it seems Paul Cook is a little nervous that Stansfield is is going to get the nod. Well, the Secretary of State summons Paul Cook, wants to use his his sway to have have a guy in, in the agency to right. to get the upper hand and and um, play hardball with with intelligence. And who knows? Maybe that's looking at a run towards president one day, right? Like angling to get his people in the right position to advocate for him. I'm not saying the CIA influences elections, but um, uh, he'd that. at least have his people in the right places. Let's put it that way. And yeah, and so he, he kind of meets up with him and and the Secretary of State says, can you get rid of Stansfield for me? You'll be my guy. And Cook says, I'll do it. What do you think is the link between Paul Cook and Victor? Because cause the way Paul Cook gets influence and what brings him into the French storyline is that he has Stansfield's hit list. He knows Stansfield is running a secret team, the Orion team, and they have a list of people that they're picking off, that they're assassinating. And if that shit goes public, Stansfield's career is over, right? That's an assassination right. program run by the United States government. So Paul Cook and the Secretary of State ready to blow it up. What do you think about that whole storyline? Well, what I'm taking is there's there's a, lot, a couple things that are not like said on the actual page because it it's definitely seems that Paul Cook was setting this up before his meeting with the Secretary of State, so he had these ambitions, knowing that the, direct, the directorship was empty. You know, he reaches out to us essentially. Fournier seems to be like his equivalent, or like or Stansfield equivalent. I guess the same level in the GGSE, and he's starting to align various groups with himself across the world. Meanwhile, he knows that, all right, Stansfield has set up this team. Let me try to take out the leader of this team. He, and I, I wonder at what point he finds out that Rap is, because he obviously knows at the very end, we find out that he's going to give out over this information, but he mm-hmm. doesn't give over that information in the beginning because no, the, assa- the assassins don't know it. So is it, does he not know it does he not know it or does he purposely not tell them that's that's my question well uh, when does he find out that rap is in charge of the orion team so victor 
is the one feeding the information to Paul Cook. Right. Maybe Victor doesn't even know. He knows rap, right, because he broke his arm at the farm. But maybe Victor doesn't know that he's the one. He's like the tip of the spear. Right. For these assassinations. Until he has to go it, get them. Until he gets called in. Right. right. Until Hurley and Victor are sent Could to be. Paris to track Rap. That's when Victor finds out that Rap was the one leading the Orion team and, you know, doing the assassinations. That he then passes that on. He, you know, he kind of passes on to Cook. Hey, I'm being sent to Paris. It's Rap. We're tracking him. Here's the intel. But my problem with the whole with that whole side of the story, right, is that okay, it's fine if you know Cook is this Vince is sort of showing him as the 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 CD politician, right? It's not Victor's MO to to reach out to Paul Cook. I I like there yeah. needed to be some sort of explanation between how they met up, why he's talking to Paul Cook, why he leaked these secrets because. Victor just seems like the kind of guy that wants to kill people, like that he would have no problem with this hit list. Right. So why is he telling Cook? Unless he because tr- he 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 truly doesn't want to yeah. get her to Stansfield, but in our in this chapters where we're in his mind, he never says right. that. He says that he should be replaced, but not like that directly. You know what I mean? You're so right. So there needs to be a scene. I wish you cut out like there's like fifteen to twenty percent of this book. I think could have and should have been cut out. Yeah. Like Hurley at one point meets with the uh, executive producer of Le Mans. Yeah. The, and like, like his fling from a long time ago. Like it's, it's kind of crazy. It's a throwaway of chapter. It's a throwaway chapter. Right. Of course Hurley has a relationship with her. I'm not surprised by that. But like why are they meeting? And then these two other journalists that, that Hurley's meeting yeah. with. Kind of cool. Maybe. But what if you replace that with Cook approaching Victor and saying... We know, we read the reports of this guy breaking your arm, this guy rap. We read the reports of Hurley aging. We know he's been your mentor, but you gotta, you, you gotta understand as well that he's on his way out the door. We want, we want to charge. promote you, Victor. Right. What if, what if Paul Cook says, I will make you the next Hurley. You get to run a team of assassins that you pick. I feel like Victor would be like, oh, hell yeah, I get to pick some buddy assassins to go off and kill more people and green light more of my missions to, to assassinate people. I feel like Paul Kirk cook must've dangled. You can be my Hurley. I'll, I'll be the Stansfield to, to your Hurley. Yeah. Cause it, it seems like Paul is cook is trying to turn other people like Fournier. Yeah. I, I want to see right. him turning the working him, you know, like, yeah. I want to see him trying to be a Stansfield, but he never can be, you know? Right. That would make the final scene where rap kills him all the more better, you know? Yeah. That's a missing opportunity. There's so much here that we are, we're spitballing as conjecture. We wish we saw there could have been. And those maybe were opportunities for the third book. Some that could have been taken in this book, but I think it weakens the integrity of how Killshot holds together how the storyline uh, holds up in the end, which I, I think I rarely say about Vince's books, that most of the story lines tie together. This is probably the worst book in terms of... Because no, no other book has there, have have we like conjectured this month much about like scenes and what we wanted to see. Like maybe here or there, but like there's a lot here. There's a right. lot here. All right, and plot holes. We might find one minor thing one storyline that doesn't check out 
I feel like here it's just kind of compounding or snowballing. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll get to rating soon. But you mentioned one one kind of final action scene. I there wasn't really any other action besides Victor's killing of these five people, five innocent people, until we get to the very end. Yeah, which is it's kind of where it's all attempting to come together. So Fournier is kind of pissed off. He's the French intelligence officer who's trying to kind of clear the air and get rid of this mess because it's really affecting because he's involved, right? He's in bed with Max and Samir, who are the terrorists. So Fournier is kind of upset that uh, the police chief, this lady, is gathering evidence that seems to point to his interference with the investigation and, you know, now we're up to, what, 14 murders pretty much in the span of a few days in Paris. One of them a Libyan oil minister. Like, this is a public story. And so Fournier wants to— One of them a DGSE to, agent. And now an agent, right, exactly. Fournier wants to get control of this. Neville is not basically playing along because she wants the truth. He basically threatens her and says, she's a stalker. She's in love with me. She's a jealous ex. Uh, gets a restraining order against her. And basically tries to, in the public arena, shame her to discredit her. And so anything she ends up uncovering won't matter, won't see the light of day, and she can't continue the investigation. Sign of a, kind of another side plot? Kind of, yes. yeah. And that's what I, I said earlier, how this, you know, she, she sort of, her story wraps up by her doing this press conference, airing all that out. And then we never, right. you know, we just, the next time we see Fournier is he's with Cook. Uh, committing treason and Ridley has now rigged the I like there was also like when did Sansfield tell Ridley to bug go the, bug this room bug this room yeah. he he told him to sweep it like in terms of like because he's obviously the deputy director is coming over we need to make sure no one else is listening in but we also want us to listen in yeah um, I guess like we should have known that based on the chapter between Stansfield and Cook, where Stansfield says like this guy is a, a pawn of the of the right uh, Secretary of State, so I can't trust him. So that we, leaves a lot of work, though, to us, the reader, to have to kind of figure that no, out on the, the fly. I, I agree. There's a lot in that last chap- chapter that we have to sort of put together in our mind, right? Of like how this all came together, and then boom, we get wrapped just walking in, killing everybody. Except for a key player, which we're gonna one of the plot points that we're gonna talk about in right now or in the next second, um, and then making it look like they turned on each other, right? But he finds a dossier in yes. this hotel room that Cook was passing to Max Vega, who's funding the terrorism, who was and on the Samir, list, uh, and Fournier, who's the intelligence officer. Yeah, Vega's the next one on the list. That's how Rap identifies the guys. Like, oh shit, this was next on my list. And the dossier is about him. It's his photo. It's his story. And basically, he was going to be the next target for the terrorists. And so Rap says, if I don't kill these guys here and now, I'm dead meat because they're coming after me anyway. So I better kill him now. Kind of cool that he knows the room is bugged. He doesn't want anybody to know he was there and was responsible for these killings. He wants it to look like they turned. He doesn't make a sound. 
And I think he even chooses not to use a weapon that they can identify. Like he has a different weapon. He, he puts he puts one of the weapons in one hand, grabs another weapon, shoots that weapon. So they'll, they'll see like multiple weapons being fired and yeah. in each other's hands. It's it's kind of cool how he just sets it up on the fly. I, I think he took one of those off the bodyguard. I think yeah. that was it. He took the bodyguard's weapon, made it look like he shot one. Yeah. So. Yeah, and and then he finds his other dossier in 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 Cook's jacket that was of Hurley. So he was going to sell Hurley out too. Yeah, this this Paul Cook guy, not not a good guy, not a good guy at all. Yeah. Well, here's kind of the payoff when we learn what the third man in the terrorist party was doing. He was the escape route. There was a guy prepping a plane as soon as Max Vega and Samir. And Fournier uh, wrapped up this meeting. They were going to get out of Dodge. And Rafik had the plane ready to go. Conveniently. And Rafik was not at this meeting. Yes. And so I guess let's just jump right into our, our plot holes that are mi- need to be wrapped up. Or loose up. ends. Let's loose go back ends. to loose ends. The biggest one, I think, is Rafik. And, right. you know, so Rafik is dropped once in the meeting at the Sacre Coeur and then again here now where he's the only guy not at this meeting not killed by rap he's obviously now going to be super pissed off that rap killed samir and killed vega Mm -hmm. but we don't uh, in my mind for some reason i thought we got a scene with rafiq and mitch in one of these two novels and like we got the scene where he gives mitch his scar because this is something that's brought up in transfer of power brought up in other novels you know it doesn't happen. I guess I was just, it was fan fiction in my mind that, that I was recalling. Yeah. I think that was probably going to be the, the plot of the third novel was this whole Rafik and rap, like trying to come at each other. Like, what do you think that was going to be like? Mike? All right. So you and I, before we started recording, we're kind of thinking ahead of what this story could look like. And we had some pretty cool ideas. I like this one. So Rafik is waiting at the airport for his friends to to jump ship and get out and when they don't come Rafik's waiting an hour two hours I think there had to be some emergency protocol that these guys were using whereby Rafik either leaves without them and wants to investigate what happened but more likely that before he goes the protocols had some sort of drop box or some meeting place and maybe Paul Cook and Fournier left an extra copy of those dossiers. So somehow Rafik finds out Rap and Hurley were the guys responsible for this killing. Right. And that is happening at the same time where Rap somehow gets intel that there was a third guy who wasn't present at this meeting, who was also responsible for these killings and knows he's on the loose. So I think somehow they each get intel that the other was responsible and it becomes a cat and mouse game. I would love a book kind of like what Kyle does with Grisha Azarov way later right, in the series. Right, right, right. A, a cat and mouse rap versus these and they're both kind of looking for each other and they both know they're looking for each other. And at some point we get a scene where Rafiq gives him a scar, you know. Right, exactly. Yeah, no, that that's definitely. It seems to be like what what Vince is trying to uh, set up here, and yeah. I, I really wish we got to see something like that. In, on How Vince. about this one, Greta? 
Because yeah, that's, that's the other big uh, plot hole. Or because in the last scene, Rap basically knows Stansfield's never gonna let Rap see Greta again. Like R- he's right. gonna call Herr Olmeyer, and like that's not going down. But here's what Rap says: "Quote, his thoughts turn to Greta. Stansfield would take care of her, and he would also do his best to make sure that Rap never saw her again." But Rap knew he would have to risk seeing her just one more time. He would never forgive himself if he didn't. So I guess that's, you know, people who are wondering where Greta is and why she's not in future novels. Like, I, I guess that could be explained away in terms of in the next novel, maybe Rap only sees her one time and says goodbye and then that's it. Or she or dies. Or he doesn't. Or he, or or he, he doesn't, doesn't. Or purposely doesn't. Or he, he What I would like is in it, the book starts off with him just watching her like mm-hmm. somewhere mm-hmm. from afar seeing what she's doing but he never makes contact with her and there's some sort of internal yeah. monologue where he's like i can't i just have to let it be and then then and yep. then he just goes away you know he goes off trying yep. to find disease like i, I would like I would, some sort of closure yep. there i'm so with you i was just thinking what if stansfield and Olmeyer are concocting ways the entire book they're coming up with ways to get rap to stay away from greta like it's working rap doesn't have time rap can't meet up with her there's fights about it but olmeyer and stansfield are doing everything they can to keep rap distance from greta for her sake and rap doesn't want an ounce of it rap fights it rap does whatever he can he vows to see greta one last time and finally he has the opportunity like let's say he's looking at her on a train platform the train pulls up, doors open, she boards, and Rap's about to board too and make this his final chance to say goodbye. And something clicks and he says, Can't. I trust Thomas. I trust Olmeyer. Maybe they were right this whole time. And Rap kind of, instead of fighting the tide, he just gets swept away with the ocean and just lets the train doors close and watches Greta leave and vows to himself, I'm never going to put her in danger again. And the only right. way I can do that is 100% cutting her off. I no, don't exist I would, to her anymore. I, I would like that. And I felt like it would, that would give us good closure with her instead of like her dying or some sort of stupid cliche right. or him, him like saying goodbye, some, something like that. And you know, you know you, like the inner monologue can couch it in like, this is rap's final step on the training that Stansfield is trying to pass on to him. Right. Like rap's final jump into I'm giving up my personal life because in kill shot and American assassin, it's all about that. rap plays along with Kennedy and Stansfield and says like, yeah, yeah, yeah. A couple of times, but secretly he has his own personal life. He sleeps with Greta, right? He holds back something from Kennedy um, on the car ride to the farm. Like he's holding back from them. This is his truly. I'm done trying to play both worlds. I'm 100% committed down this path, and it sucks for me, and I'm never going to have a normal relationship ever again. But this is the moment where he says, like, I'm sacrificing myself for my job. Right. No, I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. yeah and one other thing uh, with uh, Rafiq, there, there's this two times where Stephen rap is even rap is uh is brought up and uh, yep i i just think that maybe maybe he plays a role in the next book where maybe rafiq like uh kidnaps him or something you know yep there's two i, I per- even have the quote purposeful name drops of steven rap that 
just seem out of place. Right. So it was early on in the book, we're getting like a psychological profile of rap. And it says, quote, his existence had become a lie within a lie. His own brother had not a clue what he was up to, nor did any of his friends. Over the last several years, he had distanced himself from all of them. The kid who had grown up in Virginia, played lacrosse for Syracuse, was gone, replaced by a killer. There was no melancholy or regrets. He was on a path he had chosen. So Vince deliberately wrote that he cut out his brother. That was part of his, you know, right. his sacrifice. And then at the end, so that was the beginning of the book. Then the end of the book, Paul Cook passes on to the terrorists, quote, Rap, he has a mother who is terminally ill, but he has a brother who could be used as leverage. Right. Like it's a throwaway line. He has a brother who could be used as leverage. That had to be part of the next storyline. It had to be. It set it up perfectly. Like how how is Rafiq going to go on his own and get to rap? Rafiq's got no leverage. He's not even that high up of of a guy in the in the hierarchy. He just lost Max Vega, who was the financier. So Rafiq is short on resources. He's going to have to get desperate and use whatever angle he can, and that might just be a family member. Right. And I think the final loose end is Victor. You know, I, I think I think Victor has to come back in the third novel somehow. He's obviously, you know, super paralyzed or super, he you had, know, pissed he off. He how got many shot times? One, uh, like once in the leg, once in the elbow, Each twice, in, twice in the balls. In the balls, yeah. You know, so I, I feel like he's there has eunuch. to be some sort of, you know, Rap thinks he's gone, but he gets out somehow and he's has a vengeance for Rap somehow. I don't know. I read that when Rap goes into the room and promised, I think he promised Doc Lewis he won't kill Victor. He wouldn't kill him. But he shoots him like eight times. And then he walks out and leaves the mess to Hurley. He goes, here, Hurley, this is your guy, your mess. I see that as Victor's done. It, but you're right. It's like a movie. If you don't see them die on screen, right, you then, never know if they're dead. Then, then they're set up to come back. I don't know. Just for me, if, it felt know. like like he didn't. He purposely didn't kill Rap. Didn't kill, sorry, Rap didn't kill Victor because he wanted to bring him back. I don't know, but maybe not. I, I don't think, the way I see it is Victor's done. He's he's shot up enough, right? I think he's just going to bleed out or Hurley's going to put the finishing touches on him because we got a huge backstory. And you know, like I said last time, right, it's the book right. of Flynn. It, it's, it's, you know, Flynn <laughs> you commandment number four. If you get a backstory, you're killing the character. So... I think Victor's done. I don't think he had a role beyond, but it could be wrong. Could be. Kyle can prove me wrong. Yeah, yeah, we we need that book, Kyle. We need it. We need it. Hey, so uh, we covered a lot of ground, a lot of territory, but we did not give our final ratings or discuss the covers. So let's wrap up with that. All right. Give so- us your ratings. What do you right, think? My, just my winner of this novel is definitely Rafiq Aziz because I feel like he's mm-hmm. perp- perfectly brought into the story and then perfectly set up to have his own standalone novel in the next one. So he's my winner. The loser is all of the all, all of the plot holes we 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 just discussed. Mm-hmm. Um, and my rating, you know, I was pretty high on this book going in. We sort of talked about it last last pod. 
originally I thought I was going to put it in my top five or my top third, but upon completing it, it's not as good as I remembered. It's it's really good, but um, it's definitely in like the second tier, and and it's only like that way because of of some of these things that that don't get addressed. So I'm giving it an A minus, like a like a nine, solid ninety, um, which puts it like right, you know in the the middle sort of tier at, at the top of the middle tier but uh yeah that's that's my rating a minus 90 okay what about you mike all right i think i'm gonna put my winners and losers together because the winner is this was a fantastic setup of what would come next it's a great middle book right but it's not a middle book because there's no third right. book <laughs> <laughs> and that's exactly why it's also my losers is because so much is brought up with so little closure. It, it feels mm. like part one. Uh, it feels like, you know, the first act, which, you know, is outside of anybody's control, right? That's just the universe. <laughs> um, uh, right. But like you said, Rafik being brought up was brilliant. Lingering doubts about Greta and what happens to their relationship. You know, I'm interested. And if you're interested, that's a good thing. Just Rafiq operating the background does so much for me. But I want to know, right? Does the Secretary of State get caught? Right. Is he exactly. going to play a role? Because exactly. he's our villain, right? He's our villain in the U.S. So does the, the next book has to address that, right? We have a bad And Paul guy. Cook at the very end like sets it up by telling by telling him that Stansfield said something about his wife. And that just like right. feeds into this like, oh, he's going to be the vil- uh, like a villain going forward. So the Secretary of State has to be the villain. Um does he get linked to cook in any way that becomes public or that the CIA finds out? And then I'm wondering about some of these other characters who showed up. Like, is there any other role for uh, this police commandant Neville uh, Defleury, the priest we talked about last time? He, he has one little scene with Stansfield where we find out they had some history, but once again, it's just a couple of sentences. So winner and loser is both loose ends, but they're loose ends that got my attention. Because of that, this book is probably flirting with the bottom third for me. Wow. Um, Maybe bottom of the middle of the pack. You know, what do we have? 20 books. It's got to be floating around 15. Somewhere in that 15th range. I have it like closer to 10, 10 to 7 for me. Okay. Okay. Yeah, maybe it could crack like as high as 13 when we finally do this, but. It's comfortably there. Because of that, it's a B minus. It's an 82%, somewhere in the low. It's it's in the low 80s. It had some really great things that I want to know more about. It's just a shame that we didn't didn't get them. If we got that third book and we got everything that we sort of conjectured about, would that change change this this book? If, If this ends up at some point in time being part one of a part two or three story... And then link that together with the American Assassin being the prequel to all of this. Absolutely. I think it could be a B plus or A minus book. Right. If some of this stuff is brought to a close. Right. All right. But let's change the conversation because this is going to be overwhelmingly positive. How'd you like the covers? Well, you know how you like to start off your your book review with a limerick? Let me start off by saying cover C sucks. <laughs> But every other cover is really good. Every other cover is really good. And there's a 
consistent theme and it looked like the people who came up with the covers actually read what went on in the novel or re- at least read the first chapter about Paris. Right. Like I, you know, we talk about this all the time, how a good cover to us has to be one of two things. It should be something about the book or it should be something that's inherent to the theme or flavor of the character, like the main character, you know what I mean? Like it, it doesn't mm-hmm. have to necessarily like have to have a scene of, you know, Irene getting taken, like like the one or the or the motorcade being exploded, but just like something that expresses mm-hmm. this genre and specifically Mitch Rap, like not just any sort mm-hmm. of thriller, but Mitch Rap esque. And but all these all all of these do a great job. My favorite has to be cover A. Or cover G, which I'll just give you. Obviously, this is a, not a visual, so I'll give you um, a description. Cover A has the a black and white Eiffel Tower with the kill shot and Vince Flynn in red, and like this sort of like cloud over the, over the city. I, I really like that. And then in G has the Eiffel Tower, but it has like this sort of um, nightscape, but it's like it's navy and, and dark blue and, and black. With kill shot in red, and in the circle, you you see a little bit of, of red, and I think also on like the L's, you see like some blood, some blood, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, those those two are really good. Yep. What about you, Mike? I'm gonna 100% agree with you on those two, but I, I got to get this off my chest. Cover C is terrible, it's but the awful. color scheme is pretty good. It's like the best color scheme of a it's cover C. It's pretty good. It just needs I'm an Eiffel gonna, Tower yeah. in there. Replace the replace the uh, the yep. power lines with the Eiffel 100%. Tower, and Cover C is a banger. A hundred percent. If if this guy in Cover C was were walking on a bridge like he is in Cover B, and the power lines were not there, but the Eiffel Tower was, Cover C might just uh, I, might it had the would have had the potential to be my favorite. It's got these blue uh, color schemes with. A very ominous sky, almost like the northern lights kind of thing. Right, and the right. road is slick and it's reflecting off the road. And then Flynn, do you see how Flynn is in the perfect whites of the cloud? Yes. So Flynn stands out because it's in black with the white clouds and these silvery metallic blues are really cool. But other than that, cover C sucks. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, cover A is awesome. One Put an Eiffel Tower there. One thing you didn't mention about cover A, a why I really like it. Rap's perspective after he gets shot. He's yes. literally sitting underneath one of these bridges, patching up his wound. Well, this angle is from under a bridge looking up at the Eiffel Tower around the side of the bridge. Like, I could see Rap looking at this image as he's patching himself up. And then the sky with these fading grays and whites almost look like you're losing consciousness. Yeah, like, no, I agree with you. This a could be really rap good. bleeding out or going fuzzy as he's literally looking up at a bridge of Paris or the Eiffel Tower like with his first bullet wound. That's pretty cool. Yes, I agree. And same thing with G. Like you said, the blood on the white letters kill shot seals the deal for me because the kill shot is rap shooting the terrorists. Like the text says, you know, rap likes to move in for the kill shot, get nice and close. But rap almost got his own kill shot. Like he was hit. Right. 
So I really like the blood on the lettering. But I will say, so that's my gold A, silver G. I'm going to give the bronze medal to H. H to me is pretty baller. It's again this... Looking up at the not bird, What's the opposite of bird's eye view? Groundhog view? I guess. Look at, maybe I just coined that. Who knows? Uh, looking up at the Eiffel Tower from underneath with a very ominous sky, you know, dark blues in the sky, light blues and whites in the cloud. I really like the angle on H. Yeah, so some of these other ones are, are pretty good too that also have the Eiffel Tower. Yeah, B. Um, B is a nice nod to A. That's yeah. our running man, right? Or in this case, walking man. Walking That's pretty man. good for a walking man. Yeah. running man cover and then and then d I, I like like the going for the 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 different color like that's a good color scheme with the eiffel tower this like i don't know like cerulean or light blue and with the, the yellow kill, words with the, with the yellow, yellow kill text. shot yeah that's nice that's nice i, I don't know most of these yeah, covers, covers. Are, are are very good yeah except for covers. Uh, the book is a b minus the covers are a plus and cover c is only a D, not a complete F. This <laughs> not time. a complete F. So might might be nah, the best no. showing for our covers so far. It, uh, yeah, I think overall this is definitely the best overall cover scheme that we've had. Nice, good pod, right. my friend. That's our book. That's kill shot. It's done. All right. So next time when we come to you, we will be bringing you a podcast. Um, don't quite know what uh, the topic is yet. It'll either be um, we want to do a Stansfield episode because this is the last novel we're gonna we're gonna see him in, uh, so we want to give an ode to him. Uh, we also have uh, we're lining trying to line up a couple author series uh, recordings, uh, bonus pods. So um, haven't quite decided on that, but we will have a podcast for you next week. So stay tuned for that. Again, we need to thank our patrons, including our special operator Sherry F. Our special agents, George, Matt, Don, Dennis, Peggy, Catherine, Ray, Bridget, Jeff, and Mark. Can't say this enough, but please subscribe, rate, review using Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. You can find us at midtrappod.com or on Twitter or Instagram at midtrappod. And as always, just let Mitch be Mitch. Just a disclaimer, this podcast is not affiliated with Vince Flynn, Kyle Mills, or Simon & Schuster, but thank you to them for bringing us the wonderful world of rap. And the music soundtrack is Guerrilla Tactics by Raphael Crooks.